welcome to the Student Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Rutherford from Learn, Grow, Become, where we work with universities and higher education providers to empower mature age and part-time students to gain the mindset, the strategies, and the confidence to succeed in their studies. Hello and welcome to today's Student Experience Podcast. Joining me is Ben Hallett, co-founder of the student support platform Vigo. Ben is engineer turned education technology entrepreneur and he helps build student capability and connection through better access to peer mentoring, tutoring and staff support. Uh, And of course, they're also working on the Mentor Academy. Welcome, Ben. Hi, Tanya. Great to be here. So can you share us some of your journey and how you came to make that change of direction from engineering, uh, which seems quite a different direction, into that student mm-hmm. support in higher education? Yeah, sure. Well, you actually missed my first career, which was a uh, failed musician uh, <laughs> before engineering. Uh, but when, when I, I knew the band wasn't working, I, um, I enrolled at, uh, at, at University of Queensland in, in civil and environmental engineering. And that was my passion. I loved numbers. I loved spreadsheets. I was ready to build a new world. And I, you know, I was actually introduced to my now co-founder, Joel Trapani on my first day at UQ. And he quickly became my, uh, what we call, we call each other co-everythings now. Uh, so, you know, beyond meeting him on my first day, uh, he became, you know, he was the best man at my wedding. Uh, we, we code every um, assignment we did together. We, we became uh, engineers at the same company together. And then we finally decided to, to come out and, uh, and do Vigo together. And so we, when we were starting, going back, when we started at UQ, we, it was a really interesting experience for us. You know, we, we had obviously developed some great horizontal connections uh, with our peers. And one of our connections uh, was our really good friend, Tony. And he was in our friend group who we were all studying civil environmental engineering together. And Tony was by far the smartest guy out of our group. And it was quite interesting in the fact that in that first semester with Tony, Tony was actually hit with some, um, some family issues, you know, like many first year students, just completely out of nowhere. Suddenly Tony had to look after family off campus. And in that, in that first semester, it became quite noticeable that Tony fell behind the group. And at that time, you know, the university, the university probably had peer tutors and peer mentors and probably a counselor and an advisor, all people that Tony should have had access to and should have been interacting with that would have really helped him at that time. But because of um, the lack of technology, really, it was, it was quite hard to get those services out to Tony. And as I said, in that first semester, he fell behind his friend group, his horizontal peer group, and he, fa- he failed a class, which meant that in the following semester, he had to come back, repeat that class. We, uh, all of his friend group, we had progressed, but he was now alone and studying and trying to do so off campus a lot and, and missing out on all of the services that were available on campus. And in that second semester, he dropped out completely. And for Joel and I, that was a big trigger point for what is now Vigo. It's, it really started our thinking of how do we pick up, how do we prevent students like Tony falling through the cracks? 
why why didn't Tony have access to all of the support services that uh, the university had had for him at that time? And so we had that trigger in our head, but it was actually then a second story that came in um, for the start of Vigo, which was at the end of our degree. And it was Joel and I, we were participants in UQ's refugee mentoring program. And that mentoring program, it actually did so much more for us than it did for the mentees. You know, these students, it was, it had an academic um, tinge to it. Um, but these students, they were smarter than Joel and I, you know, it was supposed to be about math, but, you know, they could do their times tables way higher than Joel and I could. And what these students really uh, needed was just someone to sit there with them and to, to be their friend, to give them confidence. And often we would just say nothing. And, but because there was that help there next to them, they, they were so much uh, more prepared to step out into the dark, to, to go a little bit further. And that program really changed us. It, it gave us leadership, leadership skills. Um, it made us feel much more connected to the university, but also connected to uh, international students. And it made us just feel really good about ourselves. <laughs> and so by the time we actually finished university and went out into industry, we really had these two core convictions. One was from Tony, and that was that every single student deserves a champion. Mm. And the other one was from this, this program where it was every student deserves the opportunity to champion somebody else. And so with those two convictions, we then, you know, with all of uh, Joel and my energy, we said, we're really passionate about this. And it seems like there's a big gap in the university space uh, to connect students to all the support that they, um, they need, but also involve students in the support process. And then when we looked into that, it really seemed that, we could take a lot of what was being proven at that point in the sharing economy, the Ubers, the Airbnbs. Uh, I know that sometimes those can have negative connotations and, but you know, think of, we dropped all the bad parts and kept all the good parts. <laughs> and we, you know, what was being done in those spaces for technology to solve the, the idea of trust at scale. And if we could take technology and we could solve trust at scale, perhaps, um, at university, we could actually involve much more of the student population at scale to be able to support each other. And maybe we could create an ecosystem where everybody has the opportunity to help everybody uh, in, in lots of different ways. And the very first uh, idea and, uh, and what we call, you know, minimum viable product, uh, you know, I'm sure you, you've, you've had very many MVPs as well, Tanya. Yep. <laughs> um, the, first, the first MVP of Vigo was actually it was called uqengtutor.com. Horrible name. <laughs> um, and, and Joel and I, we were running it in our nights and weekends. And essentially, it was a website that had two buttons. Be a tutor, get a tutor. And those two buttons linked to Joel's um, mobile phone. I don't know how I convinced Joel that I had to go to his phone <laughs> and not my phone. That was but. a good plan. <laughs> and so we created that website. You know, very simple. Cost us $10 to put up. And uh, we, we bought a, uh, a burner phone, for lack of a better word, for that. And then we went up and put up a bunch of 10-cent posters at, at UQ. Um, I, I don't think we had the permission of uh, properties and facilities. I think we made some enemies there. But, but we definitely had the support of UQ's entrepreneurial uh, training uh, and you know, their school there that they have, uh, Idea Hub and iLab. We, they definitely said, go for your life. You know, we will turn a blind eye to property and facilities. And what we found was overnight, um, 
the, the platform flooded with both sides of that marketplace. We had so many students who were, Hey, I, I would love to be able to help people. You know, I've never considered tutoring before because it's so hard. I, you know, I have to market myself. I have to, um, you know, I, I'm only, I can only tutor things that I, um, you know, very specific things like civil 3140, um, or, you know, math 2150. That's, those are things I know. I'm not, I'm not the best mathematician. I'm the best math 1051 with, with, um, you know, mathematician, mathematician. So what we found was suddenly all these students were actually really willing to put their hand up and help each other. And, and then the other part was that we had so many students who really wanted that class specific help. And when we connected those students, they were having a really good experience. Everybody was reporting back. No, that was awesome. Really good. And so at that point we decided there's something in this. Let's, let's actually invest in creating the technology. And we're actually, we're in a bar and we're, we're, we're pitching what was happening to our, um, to our engineering friends. And, and one of our engineering friends said, this sounds a lot like uh, Vygotsky and Vygotsky's um, you know, zonal proximity of development and, and theories about uh, peer learning. And we're like, what? And he explained a bit more about it. And he, his, uh, his wife was actually um, doing her master's of education. So she was studying about it. So suddenly he knew heaps about it. And we're like, Vigo, Vigo. And we looked it up and it's like, man, it's saying a lot about what we're saying. You know, that sometimes the best person, if this is you and you want to grow to become the professional, you want to grow to become the industry or um, expert or an investor, sometimes the best person to help you get there isn't always them uh, or, you know, or the lecturer. Sometimes it's that peer who's one step ahead uh, who actually, you know, they understand what you're trying to learn in that moment, but they also... Um, they think like you, uh, they look like you, they talk like you, and they, they can help translate that learning in, in maybe a more uh, meaningful and quick way. And so, yeah, we, we said, if we shorten that down, Vygotsky to Vigo, that, that sounds um, like Uber. All right, that's it. So we, um, we took on Vigo as the name. We now own the trademark for, um, for Vigo, but that's only recent. Um, and yeah, we, 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 brought on our, um, our third co-founder, Stephen, um, who, who built all the technology because Joel and I were the wrong type of engineers and we put the mobile platform out at that time. Again, it was only, uh, it was only really for students. Universities weren't involved. And when we, uh, when we put the mobile technology out, uh, you know, the floodgates opened again. And so we, we expanded it out from UQ engineering to be UQ everything. And we were covering 500 um, unique classes at UQ within a, you know, a couple of weeks. Um, and it was, that opened up a number of opportunities. One, we had some invest, investor attention and um, we, we, we got into a, you know, a really good accelerator. Um, uh, sorry, we got into UQ's accelerator, um, iLab, which was, which was amazing. And UQ gave us a bit of startup funding. And then we, um, when we graduated that, we also did um, Steve Baxter from Shark Tank, his, uh, his accelerator. And the third thing that happened at the end of that was we started to get tapped on the shoulder by uh, deputy vice chancellors from around Australia saying, hey, I think you're solving some of the problems that we're, we're trying to solve. And could you come and do that for us? And, and that got us thinking, you know, maybe we should actually flip the company to, to, to become a partner of universities. You know, that way we don't have to charge students anything, which hits on our, um, our mantra. And also it, 
it gives us access to so many more students and we can, we can go at a much bigger scale with a university partner. And so we, we spent about a year updating the platform to actually make it fit with some of the university's needs. And we did a lot of um, interviews with universities and administrators and program managers. And it was in 2019 that we, 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 we went out and we got our first uh, paying university. And that was our home university, UQ. Um, it wasn't the engineering faculty, <laughs> um, but they, they have, the engineering faculty have since come back and, and now we are working together, which is great. But it was actually UQ's um, international pathway program. And, and they were the first people to really um, back us and believe in us as a university. And that was just over 18 months ago. Fast forward um, to now, we are now coming up to one in three Australian universities are using us in, in some way or another. And we, we also now work with university, uh, one university in the UK as well, uh, Coventry University, uh, number one for student experience in the UK. And, uh, and of most recently, um, the Queensland government, uh, when uh, with, with COVID, it was, um, there was a really big opportunity um, with all the technology we had built to help student support services play out online. There was a really big opportunity to, to step up and, and support the Queensland government and everything that it, it wanted to do for international students in Queensland. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, a really good ride so far. Uh, really fun. We've learned a lot. Um, the, the learning curve has been um, completely vertical <laughs> the whole way. And um, yeah, we're, we're really excited to keep going, uh, particularly with everything that's happening in, in COVID and, and in the post-COVID world. We think there's a lot of value we can add. Yeah, and coming back to that was one a long of the, story. That was <laughs> one, that's okay. Um, one of the things that you you mentioned um, in terms of Vygotsky was that one step, um, and I know I use that a lot with mentors. It's the person who's recently had your experience so they still remember what it's like but they know how to get to the mm. next level that's key so mm. with that in mind and reflecting on your own experience what sort of value uh, what is the value to the student experience of having peer mentoring um, and peer tutoring as opposed to having a staff member or a third party do it because obviously there's lots of experts out there that's a model that's often used so how does mm. this affect the student experience differently yeah, definitely. Uh, so the, the first thing I'd say is that it lowers the, the, the barrier to entry quite significantly. And you, you'll see this at a typical university you know, group tutorial where the, you know, the lecturer is there and then there will be a number of you know, um, appointed student tutors who are there as well. And you'll often see the lecturer is you know, freely available and standing there and there's a big lineup for the the peer tutors and when you you know when you dive into that uh you often discover that students are quite scared of talking to the faculty they a lot of students and i know i was included when i was at university you don't really understand the implications of going to a staff member and saying i don't get it um i'm i'm struggling i'm behind you know, particularly you can, when you build an affinity for a lecture, you can feel a bit um, guilty going up and saying that I don't get what you're talking about. And actually I missed that last lecture and, and I haven't caught up yet, but I really need help. Um, so 
when you when you bring it down to a peer level, it reduces that barrier of entry um, quite significantly. And then I would uh, you know, I would also say that when you when you make it um, less of an appointment um, base, you know, when, when you have a staff member, they're a paid employee, they're going to work between set hours. So you're going to have to have more of an appointment set up to get to them. You know, they're probably going to be booked out for for a while. So it's going to take a, quite a bit of time to get access to that service. And then when you get access to that service, it's it's pretty confronting. It's going to be face to face in a room with with um, uh, you know a much more senior adult. Whereas when you get into the peer the peer model, suddenly that opens up so much more of the population to give support. It opens up the population um, of of people who can support you, you know, probably on your own um, time scale as well. So, you know, when we open up peer support, you know, fifty percent of the activity that happens on Vigo happens after hours, and and that's not just from the students uh, requesting help, but it's from the students giving help as well. You know, students are happy to give support in the after hours on weekends and things like that. So, the yeah, the second thing is that it opens up the availability of support a lot. And then finally, it's, uh, it, it, it becomes much more about, much less about the initial question getting asked and much more about your experience of the university. And, you know, when you're, when you're going to a peer tutor, you're not just getting a question answered, you're making a friend, you're making a connection and and in the university setting, you're having your university's experience. You know, you're having you're having the UQ experience. And what we often find is that, um, particularly on the mentor side, we get feedback of uh, mentors saying, "It's I now feel like I have friends on campus." And I remember one one mentor uh, for a program we had at um, QUT. She said, "You know." Now, when I go to university, after helping students for this last semester, now when I go to university, there's, you know, there's five or so people that I see, I'll just see walking around campus that I get to wave to and say hi, you know, and that, that student, she's now having um, a QUT experience, you know, much more through and through. And, and those relationships, the peer relationships, they are able to extend a whole lot longer. So we see lots of the peer relationships going much beyond the you know, the initial help session or the mandatory, you know, six week period where you're supposed to connect with your person, they extend for years and years and years. Um, and I think that's been happening for a, a long time um, in universities, but to have that longer relationship, everybody's just adding each other on Facebook and playing it out there. But um, what we've been able to do is with the technology, actually keep, keep housing that relationship wherever it goes and, so the university actually gets to see the outcomes of what's you know, those relationships. So I know like when you're talking, we're talking about a lot of face-to-face stuff. I would imagine because um, Vigo is um, a technology app that you're still creating those connections, even for students who are um, studying off campus and they're not actually physically in the room, they would still be building those connections. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really been sort of the the key part of uh, of Vigo during um, the COVID nineteen restrictions so far, uh, you know, particularly with students now stuck across the world. So you know, with the platform, we've done a lot and a lot of we've invested a lot of work and time and money into making the platform feel as close 
and as familiar as possible to you know instagram and facebook and things like that you know we're not a social platform we have an internal rule to never compete with facebook you'll never win that um fight but you know the the seamlessness of its of its chat functionality and of jumping into a video those types of things we we invested a lot into that and particularly in the back end of last year which i'm so glad we did because it became our core use case um, during COVID-19 and it's it's been quite surprising introducing those tools into the support programs have been has been surprising for the institutions um, that we partner with where they've had existing programs before because what we typically see is students they don't want to just jump straight to a face-to-face -face, um, session they when that was the only option prior typically they actually really love jumping in and just starting a chat conversation first and you know the chat will typically start in the evening and it'll be something along the lines of like you know hey sam um uh i really liked your profile that was really funny ha 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 i also like surfing um you know I, i'm really falling behind in in civil 3140 um, particularly um with this topic is that something that you could help with and then um, you know, the mentor, they, you know, a lot of the time they get back to them, you know, quite quickly, uh, you know, cause it comes up as an alert on their phone, just like all their other alerts. But you know, some, a lot of the time it just gets picked up the next day. So it, it can be asynchronous. And what we'll see is a, a chat conversation go back and forth. And, and sometimes the questions get answered, uh, via the chat. And that's, that's great. You know, maybe it was just a question about how to use the printers in the library and, you know, quick, you, you're, you're often going, but what we'll typically see is it, the relationship will start as a chat and then once they're familiar with each other, then it will build into a face to face, um, uh, relationship, be that you know, video online video or in, in person. And I think that's, that's been quite surprising for our partners because they didn't really expect that to happen, but I think it makes sense. I think modern students and really every modern people, we've become a, a whole lot more shy of, um, physical react, uh, interactions and it's so much more comfortable and convenient to start with text chat um, and you know an emoji and a gif um, and so yeah it's the the online tools have been really good not just for covid but just for the general increase in um, students up uh, up taking taking up support <laughs> okay so i know from my own experience and also from other coordinators that i've spoken to um in that peer mentoring space gaining real mm -hmm. traction can be a bit hit and miss, particularly with programs mm. that aren't compulsory. Um, so can you tell us a mm. bit about the work you're doing in the Mentor Academy, what changes you're expecting to have with uh, mentoring programs and the student experience in general? Yeah, totally agree. And, and um, you know, one thing I'd say to all program managers who have been um, disheartened by initial results, and I've definitely been one of them, <laughs> you know, is to, to not, to not give up, uh, you know, in the, the, not to use your first weeks or months as, as an example of where things are going to be, because sometimes it just takes time for programs to click and you've just got to keep iterating and on the program and, you know, the marketing, the program, the, all the ingredients of it. Um, and you know, what we've said, what we've seen is when you keep iterating, you find the things that click, then those programs become, almost like a flywheel and they just grow and grow and grow um, and they just keep getting better. 
So, and, but I think one of the things that we can do is what you uh, mentioned about the, the mentor Academy. So the mentor Academy for um, everyone who wouldn't know what that is, is it's an initiative, which Vigo is spearheading, but we are just a partner in it. Um, we are, we are providing the financial side of things and uh, we are um, being a voice in it, but we, we've um, partnered with, academics and program managers and staff from um, 10 different universities across Australia, the UK and the US. And what this is, is it's a mission to create the world's best online, freely available student mentoring training. It's a lot of words in that. Um, <laughs> Mentor Academy has more of a ring to it. But essentially the idea for this came out of we, uh, you know, we're, we're a tech platform and we didn't have our own mentor training. You know, we, we, we facilitate a university's internal programs, which they typically already have. Um, they already have training and, and things like that, that they would put their mentors through before they hit the platform. And, but we midway through last year, we, we had a number of partners who actually wanted to launch um, their first mentoring program in a, in a particular space. And, we were an enabler of, you know, they previously couldn't, but uh, launched this program, but now with the, the platform, they could um, for whatever reason. And as part of that, we really quickly learned that they didn't have a training yet. They wanted to launch in a few weeks. And um, so we quickly slapped together a training and I would say our team, we, we, we made a, a training that was probably um, with, with, with our university partners, that was probably on par with what you would typically get at a university. Uh, but for us, it, you know, we didn't want to just, you know, be on par. We wanted to be like, like you know, how we think about our, our platform. We wanted to be 10 X better than what was um, previously existing. And when we started to think about, well, how can we create the you know, 10 X mentor training? We actually said, well, we should actually make it much bigger than us. Uh, we should, we should include um, the voices of lots of different universities um, particularly ones who weren't using Pygone <laughs> and, and we should get all these people involved. Then one academics are going to be able to help create a training uh, much better than if we were just to create a training. Uh, two, we'll get lots of different lenses on it um, you know, from indigenous lenses to uh, mature age lenses to online lenses, all of that. And then we said, well, you know, it would actually be quite worth it for us to put a bunch of money behind it and, and make this really good. Uh, and so that is, you know, it will be freely available to all of our partners, but also available to everybody else. So we decided to put a um, hundred grand into it and the, we set a target. We said that we wanted to train 100,000 student uh, future leaders with the, with the mentor training. And we were, going to approach the project as a uh, in three stages stage one which is uh, about to kick off is is uh, with the uh, academic council that we've formed is to spend six months iterating creating the first training and at the end of that six months which is uh, scheduled for january is the first release of that training and uh, it'll be again freely available for anybody to use whether you use Vigo or not it's just going to be online and Stage two will then be uh, with that first release to, to get the first uh, 1,000 mentors through. 
and with all the data of that, then um, get back with um, another academic council and, and improve it based off all the data and, and maybe expand it to be bigger than uh, its initial use case. And then the third stage uh, after will be that final iteration of to get with the uh, from 1,000 to 10,000 their mentors. And then after we do that, do another release. And that'll be the final part of the stage. And then we'll, we'll um, put it on track for 100,000. So awesome. the, the value that we think this will bring is, you know, for the universities that have uh, their own mentor training, the idea is that this can be a digital component that either uh, can replace uh, their, their mentoring or it can uh, work alongside of it. You know, the typical mentor training from an institution is probably it's like a two-day uh, intensive on campus. Uh, it requires all the students to be there and um, it's, it's just like a lecture and, um, you know, food break in between and things like that, which definitely has value. We, we, we don't dispute that at all. But we think um, in some circumstances, like in COVID, that's not going to be possible. And... Uh, and, and, and secondly, we think a, a bunch of the sort of core information can actually be ticked off before a student gets to that on campus or more um, detailed um, training, which will make it much more cost effective for the university, but then um, a much easier segue for the student and, and break up the learning. So we see with a really good, um, really fun and interactive training, we see universities being able to attract more student mentors and then also being able to shorten their uh, more cost-intensive um, training um, as well. And it also would have, um, like, freely available to anyone means that mm. it has the potential to benefit um, people in countries and communities that wouldn't otherwise have access to those sort of skills. Yeah, definitely. And, and, it, and it's, I think it's... I think it's really been really cool that we saw um, so many people put their hand up to be involved quite quickly. You don't often, I mean, you don't often see lots of universities working together. Um, it can be quite competitive and oh, whose IP is this? And is it our IP? And this is, you know, but it was really refreshing. I mean, 10 different institutions um, straight up uh, wanted to be in, involved. Um, so I, I thought that was quite really refreshing and really exciting. Awesome. And well, that's all the questions I have for you, Ben. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that we haven't covered yet? Um, I think just uh, an encouragement to um, program managers right now, um, trying to support their students um, through COVID and, and for all of the, um, the executives uh, who uh, you know, are supporting these programs. I just think Right now during COVID and, and in post-COVID and in the mixed modal, um, you know, infrequent Future. shutdown yes. world, you know, student connection is just going to be mm. more important than ever. And, and so I really encourage everybody to, to keep their chin up, uh, to keep going and to, you know, to keep iterating with the, the tech tools that they have and not to give up and, and keep listening to their students and improving. And yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll we, yeah, all in this together, we'll get through it together. Yeah, and I think the important thing is that we are um, all able to adapt and pivot and actually understand that regardless of how our students are accessing 
their education, mm. we still need to be able to provide them with support. And I think, um, mm. you know, that's really key, uh, particularly at the moment. Mm. So. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of time it's it's our differentiator, and it's um it's them experience getting the you know the UQ experience, the QUT experience. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for today. It's been a pleasure having you. Um, and Thanks for having me. I look forward to seeing how it all rolls out, particularly with the Mentor Academy coming uh, next year. Thanks, Tanya. the end of this episode of the student experience podcast i hope you can join us next week for another great interview